Hey, you beautiful light worker. Thanks so much for listening to the Golden Otter Divinations podcast, where the metaphysical meets the mainstream. I'm your host, Autumn Seibel, and today on episode 302, I have Rebecca Thompson talking about living with freedom, passion, and intention through conversations with the moon, as detailed in her new book, Rebecca Rising, how I found courage and self-love through friendship, coaching, and conversations with the moon. After listening, you can find more information by heading to the show notes, where you'll find links to our website, Instagram, and YouTube channel. From there, you can access any new or full moon rituals we discussed and get more information on how to join my Lunar Manifestations co-creation tribe. Come visit us anytime at Golden Otter Divinations, that's golden like the precious metal, and otter like the precious animal, divinations.com. Looking forward to seeing you at the next live members-only call for the new or full moon and meeting you during your private one-to-one new moon intention planting ceremony that's included in your annual membership. In the meantime, be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, please leave us a review. Each review allows us to reach even more light workers like you, spreading light and love while raising our collective vibration. Okay, enjoy the episode. And if you have any questions about mediumship, manifestation, moons, or all things metaphysical, feel free to drop me a message. I'd love to hear from you. Love and light, Autumn. I'm Autumn, and you're listening to Golden Otter Divinations. Thanks for joining us today as we explore where the metaphysical meets the mainstream. Join us each week as we share new, exciting interviews with medical experts, practicing mediums, intuitives, healers, and many more to help uplift, educate, and empower listeners like you to find physical and spiritual healing. So today, I have Rebecca Bay Thompson, who's an experienced speaker, writer, consultant, facilitator, and coach with more than 30 years in manufacturing, aerospace, and healthcare industries. So I dressed very professional today. I thought this would be a very professional interview. She's been an internal and external consultant for many years, working with such companies as Eastman Kodak, General Motors, Blue Cross Blue Shield, North Carolina, and mostly in the fields of leadership and team development, work systems redesign, and organizational and cultural change. Currently, she is the principal of Evolve Without Limits, a coaching and consulting practice. But that's only part of her story. The rest is a chronicle of personal courage and spiritual expansion that defies conventional wisdom. From an engineer skeptic, I can't even say the word skeptic, <laughs> she made a fascinating right turn. Frustrated by her now partner's increasing uh, alcoholism, and uh, Rebecca embarked on a healing journey, which led her to explore a variety of spiritual practices. She learned how to love herself and found freedom from a situation which she thought she was stuck. Along the way, she became a Reiki master, a certified crystal therapist, and a shamanic coach. And she incorporates these areas of her expertise into her consulting and coaching practice. But it's her talks with the moon that will amaze both you and I. So today we'll be talking with her about her new book, Rebecca Rising, How I Found Courage and Love Through Friendship, Coaching, and Conversations with the Moon, a memoir chronicling her healing journey. We'll also chat about her book, Sunday at 8.30, Two Decades of Life Planning, co-authored by Darlene Ryan, which shares the life planning process the authors personally used and honed for over 20 years and includes helpful worksheets for creating your own life plan. Super excited to talk about both of these books because, as you guys know, I am a moon lover myself, and I love talking about holding space with a tribe or a partner to manifest our reality. Rebecca is passionate about helping people to learn about self-love, to recognize their own strength, and to live with freedom, passion, and intention. Without further ado, welcome to Golden Otter Divinations, Rebecca. Thank you so much, Autumn. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you so much for that wonderful introduction. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so to raise our vibration and really get in the flow, I like to start this show by asking all my guests if they've had any golden moments lately. 
golden, meaning a time you were just totally in the flow or an interaction you knew was sent by spirit or otherworldly. Something that made you smile or made your heart sing. Had any golden moments lately? Oh, I sure have. Um, actually, I was just thinking about this. I, as of course, you know, we've all been sheltered in place and um, the beaches where I live, I live in Southern California and I live very close to the beach and the beaches were closed for about six weeks and just opened up this past week. And so on the first day that the beach was open, I went right down there and um, there were dozens of dolphins just leaping about. And it just, I felt like they were welcoming the humans back. And it just, it just, it just thrilled me. I, I, I love to see them always, but it was just a very special day on that first day at the beach. Oh my gosh, it's beautiful. What a like a... What a great welcome. I mean, so, so beautiful. <laughs> really. Hey, everybody. Thanks for giving us, giving the earth a little bit of time to heal. We really appreciate it. We're going to put on a show <laughs> so you keep your emissions low and keep your uh, eco footprint light. Um, very cool. Thanks for sharing that. Okay, so let's just go ahead and get started. Can you tell us a little bit about like who you are, what your story is, how you kind of came um, from a more corporate background? To tell I got my corporate suit on today <laughs> into a more <laughs> holistic, holistic practice. Sure. Yeah, I I grew up in small town in Western Pennsylvania, just very ordinary girl, raised in a Protestant church, and. Um, yeah, I love church. I was just one of those people that likes it. I was always singing in the choir and I would teach Sunday school and that kind of stuff. So I, I did like the worship aspect, um, but just very ordinary and normal and went to Penn State and majored in industrial engineering and married my college boyfriend who was also an engineer. And we moved off to Rochester, New York, where we got jobs. And so we were both engineers working in the corporate world for many, many years. And life was just progressing the way it was supposed to, right? And I was just going to say, we both have, so um, we, I didn't know this, we both married, our, we married our oh, college sweethearts yes. out of Penn State. So you, <laughs> you made it up to Rochester, great degree, you're married, and then what? Yes, we got good jobs, and um, things went, we, we started raising three kids, um, and things were going well for the longest time until um, my husband, his, he started his own business. He was very eager to start his own business as an engineer, and he was good at what he did. But um, the economy started to turn poor, and um, his business wasn't doing well, and he started to increase his drinking. And so, um, you know, he kind of succumbed into alcoholism, and his business was failing, and he needed to get a job. So we ended up making a couple moves, and he kept losing these jobs and getting new jobs, and um, that was kind of that was kind of a turning point in our relationship and also in me because I just uh, no longer I wasn't happy um, but I wasn't admitting that I wasn't happy um, so I started just looking for some different things and at the same time um, it, while I was still at, uh, in Rochester working at Kodak I was doing some diversity consulting and really loved that work and made a lot of different kinds of friends and I had a lot of gay friends who told me stories about being rejected by their families and being rejected by their churches and so I started questioning my church and wondering you know is this, is this really what I want to be part of and um, so when I moved, when I made my first move from Rochester, New York to North Carolina, I joined um, a Unitarian Universalist church, which was very inclusive and um, accepted people from all different backgrounds and celebrated many different holidays and beliefs and faiths. And so the, I, from there, I started to get exposed to a lot of different things. And I think of it kind of like 
pearls on a string, you know, it was like one thing led to another, you know, I got invited to a first a dowsing class and then to a Reiki class and I would meet somebody and I get invited to something else and, I, and it just started to just open me up and, and that's kind of short story, short, short form of my story. And then you were in, so you were in corporate America for your, your entire career or did you make the transition somewhere in the middle or this was a parallel journey along the corporate <laughs> corporate spectrum and then after maybe the end of that journey went more it to was the really parallel yeah it was really a parallel journey autumn and, and still I'm still in the corporate world to some extent although I'm, I'm in the process of making my exit <laughs> finally but I've been in both and because um, at the same time that all of this was happening you know I was continuing on with my career um, I, I kind of shifted from engineering to an organization development role, which is really more around teaching and leadership development and, um, you know, developing people. And um, so I learned about coaching and um, I took a program to become a corporate coach, a corporate coach first, and then a life coach later. Um, but in the process of that, I got a lot of great coaching. And so because a lot of times we are with other people in the class or with our instructors and so you would you'd be the coach to them and then you'd let them coach you and so I met some great people and I also received a lot of great coaching and um, met someone who became a, a really good friend to me and um, yeah I was in the process of trying to figure out what to do about my marriage you know and <laughs> I was hearing all these voices in my head you know I, I hear like one part of you is saying you should stay and another part is saying you should go and um, so I was, I was getting all these conflicting messages and through the coaching that helped me sort it out, but it also led to another metaphysical breakthrough, which is this, the conversations with the moon, which I'm sure everybody is interested in hearing about because I, I had all these voices and, um, my coach and Brandon was um, helping me sort them out and we were giving names to them. You know, there was the good wife that was like, you know, you, you should be married for life and, you know? And then there was the responsible one because I was the one I was paying the bills and I was keeping the balls in the air and keeping the family running. So I had all these, and then there was um, one that just you know wanted romance and wanted the wanted the marriage to work and was eager to make it right. You know, so I had all these voices, and then I had another one that was like, "Well, you're a Reiki master now, and you're a healer, and you should go off and do your own thing." You know, so I, I had all kinds of things going on. And then um, one night I had a dream that they were all sitting around a table talking to each other getting nothing accomplished. And then another being appeared and started flying around over them and shouting at them. Like, you're all missing the point, you know, stop this. And so I was telling Ian, my coach, about the dream. And um, then a few days later, my dog woke me up in the night. And, you know, I, I have a couple dogs and they good sleepers, don't usually get up in the night. But this time, and she just kept, you know, tapping at me, got to get up, got to get up. I said, oh, she's got to go out. So in the middle of the night, we get up. And it was a huge full moon outside. And when I opened the door and saw that moon, it was like it started to talk to me. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. It just was, it just, I heard a voice in my head while I was gazing at the moon. It was, it was just really powerful. And she said, you're missing the point. <laughs> like, what? What do you mean? You know, am I dreaming? What is this? But she went on to say, and she kept saying, you're missing the point. This isn't about whether you live, you know, in this city or that city, whether you leave your husband or don't you know this is about how do you want to feel how do you want to be you know and it wasn't <laughs> and so we went on from that day to have many conversations my dog waking me up in the night and I'd go out and just say 
you're addicted to busyness. You know, you, you've got to stop. You know, you're, you're just distracting yourself with all this activity. You got to slow down yeah. and you got to listen to your heart, you know, and, and messages like that. And this went on and on. And so I, I continued to tell Anne, my coach, and she came from very, you know, I said I had a very kind of narrow background and wasn't exposed to a lot of any, you know, metaphysical topics or anything like that. But she was a professor of medieval history. She was a practicing witch and um, she herself was recovering alcoholic. So she helped me deal with a lot of the alcoholism issues. But um, she said to me one day, you know, I think that that um, conversation, you're, I think you're having conversations with the moon goddess, with Diana, your Artemis. And I was like, whoa, I mean, that had really never occurred to me. I just was thinking, this is all in my head, yeah. right? You know, but um, yeah. she said, no, she said, I think, I think you ought to really investigate Diana a little bit and do some research into her. And she said, I also think that because you know, she works through your dog. And Diana is also the goddess of the hunt and is often pictured with dogs when there's drawings or, you know, um, images of her, they will show dogs around her. <laughs> so not only the moon, but yeah. she said, there's just such a strong connection that your dog wakes you up and, you know, she's speaking to your dog and, and getting you out there. And so it was, that was fascinating to me. And so then I, I accepted it as, wow, I'm, I'm having conversations. And of course, now I believe that God has many faces, you know, and will find us, <laughs> you know, our, our universe, our source will find us where we are. And, um, you know, and that was, that was the way that I was found. Absolutely. It's so beautiful. You just described so many things about the moon that I love, but one of them is um, that you said early on is it's invitation to stop being so busy and the cyclical nature of the moon. So like the moon moves through eight phases for anybody who is maybe new to this conversation about the conversations with the moon. And it moves from a new moon to a full moon and, um, and then back to a new moon. So it was new moon, full moon, new moon, full moon. And it's very cyclical. And in indigenous cultures um, around the world for millennia, it's how women track their fertility. It's how they track birthing cycles. It's how hunters and gatherers track, you know, the tides and animal movements. And so it's a very intimate and organic part that's built into our human DNA that in the modern world, we've kind of moved away from. Um, and in those, you know, moving from new to full, the, the moon moves like in a in a waxing, like it gets bigger. And then from full to, to new, it gets darker again. And each of those phases along the way, there's like eight phases. It's like an invitation. It's either a yin or a yang energy, um, an active phase or a, or a being phase, like a human doing phase and a human being. So we call ourselves human beings, but what we're doing most of the time is being human doings. <laughs> That's redundant. Like we get so busy, especially in the Western world that we're just constantly doing. And I didn't notice how doing centric um, Western culture was until I moved to rural Africa. And I realized how being focused they are here. Now they, they do a lot too, but there's a, there's this idea that it's like, it's almost like, whoa, you're too busy. This is too much. Like you have to have these ebbs and flows and following the natural cycles of the moon allows us to rest when it's time to rest and be active when it's time to be active and then be supported by the energy of the moon or the universe or God of your own understanding to be the most productive within those times or receive the most um, like inspiration or downloads or comfort or rest during those like being times. And so I really loved how you mentioned that. And then the other thing I really loved hearing you say was this discussion about like a coach and then a tribe. And I want to bring this up later in the interview um, 
in your book Sunday at, at 8.30, you had this ongoing 20-year weekly meeting with um, a, yes. a, a friend, a colleague, a, you know, a buddy, a spiritual running buddy, and you guys held space for each other. And that's what um, the importance of like, when you're in a lunar practice, um, like being in a circle or being in a, in a tribe or a group of like-minded individuals and kind-hearted souls that are there to cheer you on, because when we share our, our desires and our intentions with someone else, like a tribe or a space holder, it allows them to manifest much quicker because they're there to cheer us on because they're both detached from the outcome and genuinely just want what's best for us. Um, so anyway, there were so many other things I could bring up that you, that you mentioned about how like, you know, there's, there are certain times like <laughs> at the full moon when it's best just to let something materialize. Like, oh, maybe this is what I wanted, but I better, it's maybe time for it to leave my energy and then oh my gosh you're talking about goddesses like i'm i'm in a full goddess vibe in 2020 that's like where we're headed um because the, the emerging divide feminine is here and moons and moon cycles and lunar cycles and things like that were probably things uh not probably were things that women were um shamed and shut down for discussing and being a part of um for a long long time uh, kind of since the advent of like the modern, you know, Christian church. And I, I'm, I grew up that way and I'm not against it, anything like that. It's just, it was something that was innate to women, like literally as part of our physical being, because we uh, menstruate on a lunar cycle that we were told to kind of be like, Hey, that's pretty, let's just skip that out of here. Like, no, 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 no. And now that there's this number in the age of Aquarius and the age of the divine feminine, there's this reawakening and women are going like, Oh, I'm just going to talk about the moon and not let it be weird. And what I love about, you know, having this kind of like, parallel corporate conversation that we're having is I was in corporate America too as a high school teacher for over a decade and I was never full woo. I was always kind of like in the woo closet. And now I'm like, I swim in the deep waters of the woo pond and I'm proud of it and I honor it. And the more I honor it and the less weird about it I am, the more people are like, oh, that's your thing? Cool. Like, and because we're so blessed to be from culture that honors women and honors our voices and is, and is adding it an emphasis to that. So thank you so much for sharing um, like how you got started in conversations with the moon. The other thing, uh, could you share a little bit about your stories about how, you know, you felt trapped in your situation and you wrote this book, you wrote your book, Rebecca Rising to help others who maybe feel, uh, maybe trapped in their situation. Could we talk about that for just a second? Yes, absolutely, Autumn. Um, I just wanted to add to what you said too, though, in the in the corporate because I too thought I had to hide who I was for many years. You know, I'm, I'm on this woo-woo track, right? And I'm metaphysical track, and at the same time, I was still on a corporate track, and I did not think the two would ever meet. But I'm finding that I am bringing more of who I really am to the corporate world. We'll do a guided meditation at the end of the day, or at the beginning of the day, sometimes. Like I'm doing a team building workshop, and it kind of sets the tone and calms people down and um, gets people out of the, the doing mode into the being mode. And, and um, we do things like uh, draw spirit animal cards and, you know, don't make it super spiritual, but just say, how does this animal call to you today? You know, and just kind of make it light. And so I'm bringing more and more of that into it. So it is, it is kind of cool. So I just wanted to respond to what you said earlier, but about my feeling stuck and, and getting out of that, it, it was, yeah, it was, I feel like a part of it was, I was just really in denial. Um, I didn't think I could make it on my own. You know, I had never lived alone. We got married right out of college and started raising kids and 
even though I had a good job and he was losing jobs and I was still, you know, maintaining the benefits and paying for everything and managing the kids and all that stuff. I just, I didn't see my own worth. I didn't see my strength. I think I find that from, I hear that from a lot of women, you know, they they think that they can't make it or they, you know, and that was the story I was telling myself, I can't, I can't, I can't, and um, I can't leave. I can't. And, you know, when I was contemplating moving to California from North Carolina, I found this great job, um, but I, I didn't think that I could do that. I kept saying, well, I can't go to California. <laughs> and uh, my friends would say to me, well, why not? Why can't you? And I was struggling in my marriage at the time. And my friend, Ann, who was also my coach, and she said, you know, why don't you just leave? And I, oh, I can't. And some years later, after I actually did ask them to move out, she said, oh, I'm so frustrated with you because you kept saying you couldn't <laughs> do it on your own. And yet you already were doing it on your own. And you know, he was like a weight, you know, holding you back and you didn't see it. So I think a lot of it was some um, denial and not seeing my own worth. And so just learning that um, I did have more power than I knew, you know, and that I had power to create the life that I wanted. So it was all about understanding my power and understanding what I wanted and then taking action to do it. Love that. You know, I've got this um, lunar manifestations. It's a, we hold new and full moon ceremonies at the new and full moon and it's a tribe. Um, and it started as just this little thing I did with one girlfriend and every month we would hold each other accountable, not even accountable, but just more like, Hey, this is what I'm doing. And this is what I'm doing. And we were both teachers and um, new moms and just kind of going through this journey. We've been friends. We're both army wives, been friends for my gosh, 10 years. And the, the joke in the army is it's a number. It's not, um, see it's never goodbye it's just see you later because that's always you always end up like reconnecting with folks down the line and so for a couple of years we like just kind of kept each other accountable and shared our our wins with each other and then i decided to on her birthday happy birthday Adrian, um at a pisces new moon which is like the end of the the zodiac um i decided to kind of like birth this idea into the world of holding space as a tribe with maybe more than just her kind of being like let me just see how this feels to hold space with, with other folks. And it's not just women. Um, I find a lot of men are actually interested in, in the practice. Um, folks of, in the LGBTQ movement or in the group communities, sorry, that's the word. And, um, and even men who are um, like open to exploring their feminine nature and balancing maybe like some toxic male energy mm. or just like understanding how they can connect with um, their female counterparts in a really respectful and, and balanced way. And so I didn't initially start this as like a female only thing and then it kind of grew and we've got all kinds of members and it's so cool. But the reason I mention it, it's back to what you're saying about being able to know that you can actually make changes is we started doing this um, new moon intention planting ceremony. We're at the new moon. We plant intentions in the four quadrants of our life, health, wealth, love, and perfect self-expression. Um, it's an, an adaptation from Florence Scovel Shin, who's like a metaphysician, um, yeah. long since passed. And what I loved about actually writing it down, because like with intention planting and manifesting, you can be like, oh, I want to get this. And then it, you're like, did that ever come true? I can't remember. It's almost like we move on, especially maybe my generation were a little bit um, guilty of wanting things instantly because we grew up in the <laughs> instant culture. Like, you want noodles, sure. put them in the microwave. <laughs> like, people ask me for the mom, could you make this? I'm like, you want vegetable soup? I'm like, baby, you know it takes mommy a couple hours to make vegetable soup. And she's like, oh, right, because mommy doesn't do cans. But, I, you know, so anyway. Um, but what I love about the practice is we write our intentions at the new moon. 
We plant micro intentions, like little intentions that can come into fruition. And little is obviously, as you know, like a, it's a loaded term because what's little to one person could be huge to another. Um, and then macro intentions, which are things that will come into fruition or come into our rally, rallies next six months. And by doing this consistently at the new moon, planting your intentions, and then checking in with them at the full moon and noting them, looking back on three years, I can see where I was and where I am just based on my intentions. And so for anybody saying like, well, I want to make this move and I want to do that. It's like, you know, the journey to the moon <laughs> takes one. It's like, it starts with one step and the journey to your new life or your new way of being um, can literally start with this podcast, listening, you know, to your story, how you transform uh, from doing it all by yourself to accepting that you were doing it all by yourself and then <laughs> letting the universe help you. So I just wanted to mention that. I can't even remember how I got on that diatribe beyond there's something really important about holding space with the tribe and noting things so that you can look back, uh, especially when we're in those like 1am conversations with ourselves in the moon. You're like, what's, what is life? <laughs> Why am I here? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> am I on the right path? <laughs> so, um, okay. Well, we're going to take a quick break. When I get back, we're going to have more with Rebecca Thompson and find out where we can get a copy of her book and how we can schedule with her or get on her calendar. All right, you're listening to Golden Otter Divinations. We'll be right back. We are back on Golden Otter, Otter Divinations with me, Autumn Seibel. My guest today is Rebecca Thompson, who is talking with us about conversations with the moon and her new book, Rebecca Rising. Uh, but before we continue, I want to make sure everyone knows how to contact her and get a copy of her new book. So, Rebecca, where can listeners find you? Yes, I have a website, which is called evolvewithoutlimits.com. So please come and visit me there and uh, get on my lists. And you can, there are links there to purchase my books, um, Sunday at 8.30 and Rebecca Rising, um, as well as just news and information about where I'm speaking and how to contact me about coaching. I'd love to hear from you. Um, my books are also available on Amazon in both paperback and on Kindle. And hopefully an audio book coming soon. Ooh, yeah, I saw that on your website that you were uh, <laughs> in studio recording. So very yes, exciting. Fun. And then um, what's your Instagram or social um, media? Where can Yikes. Uh, so yes, I am on both Instagram and Facebook. I've got, um, you can find me at um, Rebecca B. Thompson under my name, but I also have uh, Instagram for Rebecca Rising Book. And then I will have that in the show notes. I will have all these links okay, in great. the show notes. <laughs> yeah. And then um, for private sessions with you, private coaching, is that done via Zoom, via distance, or do you do one-to-one in person for maybe anybody who's looking for that? Um, yeah, we can do Zoom, um, Zoom, Skype, um, just phone, but Zoom, I love Zoom, so we had a lot of fun with that lady, and yes, absolutely, and we could do an introductory session for free if you uh, go visit my website and say that you saw me here, um, we'll do an introductory session. Awesome. All right, guys, take advantage of this. There's so many amazing healers on that come on this show, and I'm always like, I will sync back up with you, and I always do one way or another, and then what's so funny about um, the guests that I have on the show is it's always a one degree of separation when I'm having new guests on and it's just always fun. Like I love what comes from when I have a guest on and then I find out who they know, who I know, how they know them. And <laughs> I invite you all to explore that for yourself. Like this, this literal one degree of separation world that we're living in where we're all literally just one DM away from connecting. Okay. So uh, we were talking about how you got started with practicing with the moon and the value you see in connecting with it. Do you still have a lunar practice that you use? Yes, absolutely. I also um, do Newman Intentions, and um, my daughter and her wife gave me 
some uh, moon cards recently for Christmas. And so I've been playing with those a lot and doing new moon and full moon readings for myself. And that's been very powerful. I've enjoyed that quite a lot. And I still have conversations with the moon. I just recently, I hadn't for a while. Um, when I was in North Carolina and right in the middle of you know deciding about moving and getting my divorce, I was having a lot of intense conversations with her. Um, and then it kind of, kind of, you know, my life got a little easier, smoother, I have to say. It wasn't as intense. But just recently, um, just recently went outside and there was a gorgeous moon. And she said to me, take stock. So she said, it's, she always will have like a short little phrase like that. Like, you know, when I first, first met her was, you know, the, you're missing the point. Or then later it was, don't go it alone. She always has like a little phrase. And then I'll be like, what? What are you talking about? And then kind of expand on that. So it was take stock and you know, she said, with these books you have and you're going on podcasts and people are going to be looking at you and you need to think about the person that you want to be and how do you want to be seen. And so take stock and um, be above reproach. Something that I talked about with my last guest when you said, like, I hear her. And so that's something that I'm trying to normalize for any listeners. So anybody who's on this show and they say, well, I've heard this and or they, it spoke to me or I knew this. So usually folks are talking about like an inner knowing or connecting with a, their own higher power or the higher power, um, like a guide, a master teacher source, infinite intelligence, whatever, out of your own understanding, whatever higher power that is. But there's also this um, project called the Yale Copop Project put on by Yale University. Yale University, and I'm going to have them on the podcast soon, uh, because they're doing a study where they are helping to um, prevent and normalize the auditory hallucinations or the audit, like auditory experiences that people are having so that we can prevent a mental health crisis or, or we can limit potential diagnoses going forward. Because historically, if a woman was like, well, I, I heard this, the moon said that to me, it's like, okay, get her in the hospital, get some yeah. meds in, woman. <laughs> down shush shush um but that's like that's that's evolving and i want to give a lot of credit to people in the medical establishment who are seeing that there is there's a wide spectrum of the way that people interpret their reality and the yale coke project is doing really great work in in um in identifying like the measure of control people feel that they can have so i'm sure rebecca you would agree with me that if you didn't want to talk to the moon you simply wouldn't is that correct correct oh absolutely right <laughs> It's not yeah. like it's an invasive voice. No, not at all. <laughs> exactly. So for anybody out there who might be um, like hearing things or experiencing things and you're not quite sure how to move through that, check out the Yale Coke Project and then listen to some of our episodes um, because we want you to know that you're not alone and this is an evolving journey and we're all learning how to move forward as a, as a global consciousness in like a really healthy and uplifting way. The links mm -hmm. to that will be in my show notes. Okay, so moving on, I wanted to talk about your other book, which was Sunday at 8.30. And that's, um, could you tell us about that? Your journey of yes. hosting your life, a 20-year journey. 20 years, yes. I have a wonderful friend and co-author, Darlene Ryan, and we have been friends for many years since we were young moms and engineers together. And many years ago, we took a class called High Achievers Process, and it was all about being more productive in your work and you know getting more done and things like that. But um, it involved a life planning process, and we started doing that together. And at the time, we were living in the same city, and we were so we could meet regularly in person. Um, and so it, it evolved. I mean, we we started using the process we learned in a class, but we adapted it, you know, over time so that it looks very different from when we started. But we've stayed in touch with one of our teachers, and she, in fact, wrote the foreword to our book for us and um, talked a little bit about how we've adapted her original process. 
but now, I mean, I moved away. We've been already doing this for maybe eight years. And I moved from Rochester, New York to North Carolina. And we cried, you know, we didn't know if we were going to continue to stay together. You know, you just don't know. And so we made a vow that we would talk every week on the phone and that we would get together in person twice a year. And that was in 2004. And we have been doing that ever since. And so that's really where the title of the book comes from, Sunday at 830, because that is the time that we landed on that works the best for us Sunday evenings at 8.30 Eastern time. I'm on the West Coast now, so it's 5.30 for me now. Uh, but uh, we've, we've connected at that time for years, years. And um, when have gotten together in person and, you know, the universe kind of cooperated with us in terms of, you know, gave Darlene a business trip to California, <laughs> you know, and so she was able to combine that with a visit to me. And, you know, so just, you know, things like that have happened that have um, landed us together and uh, it's been easier than we ever thought it would be to do that. And so we've continued to do this life planning process and um, it involves, and it, when you were talking about your intention setting with the moon, with your friend, it reminded me very much of that because um, we set um, goals in different, we have seven different areas that we look at and includes health and spiritual and financial and career and others. And um, so the, the book came about, I mean, part of our, our um, process is that we read books together one of the things is mental and since, and we used to do, you know, different activities together when we lived in the same city, but it has kind of evolved into, well, let's pick some books to read together. And that'll be kind of our, our, you know, our mental plan. And we each do our own things too, but we have a lot of things we do together. So we've, we've picked over the years, maybe 10 or 12 books that we would read together in a year. So it's resulted in now we have a book list of about 240 books, something like that. Uh, so we created that as an appendix to our book. And so in the book, we, we describe the process we use. We give some examples of things that we've manifested in our lives in each of these categories. And then we also provide some workbook pages so that you can start trying to use this process as well. And at the back in an appendix, we have our book list from 1996 through 18, and that's another thing that I'm um, giving away on my website too. If you would come and right. the website and ask for the book list for 2019 and 2020, I'll give you those. And yeah, we have, we'll have a link to that in our in our description. I was like, wait, this sounds familiar. I feel like I've seen this. Okay. I, I love that you're you know talking about holding the importance of holding space with a partner and holding space with the tribe, and how when you set that intention, it's like the universe conspires to bring you together and back yes. um, there. I mean. Similar thing happened with like my, I, I call it my, she's like my spiritual running buddy, you know, she's my, my soul sister. That. And uh, we had just gotten back. We've been living overseas for a couple of years in South America. And I texted her, I said, Hey, I'm back on my old phone. Does your number still work? How are you? Cause we weren't, neither of us was big into social media. Like we keep a distance from that space. Like for personally, like, I don't know, not, not necessarily for business, but personally. So we would just sync up through email, things like that. Anyways, I texted her and said, hey, how are you guys? Where are you still in Texas? That's where they were at the time. She goes, oh, no, we're actually in Maryland, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, wait a second. We're in D.C. Like, where in Maryland are you? Like, I can drive anywhere in Maryland in an hour. And we were literally 60 minutes away from each other. And we didn't even realize. But that's the importance of, like, a spiritual running buddy. It's not somebody you have to be, like, in sync with all the time. Different moments in time will sync up. So, you know, I got to see her when she happened to be I uh, just found out she was pregnant and then she got to see me when I just had my first baby. Like just these little random touchstone moments that I'm like, how are we in the same place in, you know, in this time space reality at this exact yeah. moment? 
looking back, it's just really cool to have that. So I love how you talk about holding space with a partner. And then something else you talk about in your book, uh, Sundays at 8.30, is corporate training for dream lists and visions. And um, I just wanted to know, before I read a little excerpt from your book, how do you think this applies to younger generations that are like maybe millennials and Gen, I guess Gen Xers, whoever, who's coming after uh, the millennials? Um, after our- what are they called? Uh, that's more like Z because I consider myself Z. X. <laughs> yeah, there's baby boomers and then there's X and then there's millennials and then I think it's Z. My generation missed a lettering. I don't know why. Why you get a letter? It's so hard to spell millennial. I can't do yeah. it. <laughs> um, how do you think this idea of like corporate training where they actually like had you guys use like dream list and vision boarding um, how do you think it applies to younger generations that are leaving corporate America or maybe dispassionate about joining and staying in larger organizational structures? May, how do you think mainstream business can recruit and keep talent that allows for this kind of expanded worldview where anything is right. possible? I, I think that businesses really have to change, and some are. Um, I, we were very fortunate at Kodak because we could take all the training that we wanted to. I mean, we had to have a minimum of 40 hours training, and some years I had as much as 200 hours training in a year. So they were very progressive really back in the day. But even now, you know, some companies are, are allowing that. I think it's great. I think it's even more important for millennials now, I mean, to understand that they can have the kind of life that they want. They have the power to choose and create. And then uh, these kinds of processes give them some tools for doing that, right? For identifying what are the things you want and and looking at different areas of your life, regardless of what the categories are, you know, you can create your own categories. but what do you want? What do you want your life to look like in your personal life, your work life? And then what are some steps that you can take to move in that direction? And hopefully companies will come along with that and be more flexible in allowing that. Some are, some aren't. And my company I'm working with now is learning actually through this whole COVID-19, you know, we're all successfully working from home and they're seeing, oh, this really does work, you know, so... I think it's going to lead some companies to some expanded thinking around how people work. And so I think that's good for all generations. With every cloud, there's always a silver lining. And that has been the biggest for me. I was, um, I was in corporate America for a couple of years doing curriculum, like digital curriculum planning for some like really big contracts that I manifested. I was like, this is my dream job. And then I was like, hey, now I've been moving to Africa, which is next on my dream list. But I successfully worked from home. And I think it was like, a, it's very personal. It's like, can you balance your time and balance your energy? And now that folks are seeing the benefits of maybe being a little bit more present in their, in their home lives, it, and then you like go to work and you're like excited to see your colleagues and you're not annoyed and you're, you know, not yes. frustrated and maybe like the tension that would have built up over a work week and exploded in a Thursday morning, you know, meeting eruption is now like a, oh, you know what, like it's, it's really not that big of a deal. We can just keep moving. And, and so there's a lot of silver linings that are coming from this, not to mention the, you know, impact that it's going to have. Um, on our earth and like conservation of resources and things like that because hey millennials if you guys didn't know it is literally time that we save the earth i know we were all raised in the in the conservation era but we have to put this to practice through our spending dollars through our behaviors and everything um that's not like a woo that's oh, i don't know what to say that's it's just a call to action like we know that we can be the change that we want to see in the world and by working with um, bigger businesses to say like hey i can work from home and these are the benefits You'll get more work out of me and we'll save the environment. Like it's a win, 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 win. 
Before we kind of wrap this up, I did want to read a little excerpt from your book, Sundays at 8.30. And um, it reminds me, you have more power than you know to create the life you want. And it kind of reminds me of our Capricorn new moon ritual that we have in my Lunar Manifestations membership, um, which is like the let them eat cake squared away year, where we do kind of a metaphysical year planning using I am declarative language. But this planning system that you had, um, is, it's kind of corporate, but it's also, it's got like woo embedded in there. And maybe this can be something, if somebody's listening to this at their cubicle or on their drive to work, and like, hey, I could see how I could incorporate this into my daily practice while I'm, you know, in this current field. Okay, so it says, um, from Sundays at 8.30, create a dream list. Okay, it's that time of year, January. Time to begin planning a new year. Uh, this is the time that Becky and I, so this is written from Darlene's perspective, began our dream list. This is a time for new ideas, ambitions, dreams, possibilities. We each aim to create a list of 400 items. 400! How can this be? The objective is to document everything that's in your head and all things you might want in your future. Here are some of the categories we used. Mental, physical, financial, social, home and family, career, spiritual. This makes one's list very broad. It's brainstorming. It's in no order. I like to first write down all those things that are swarming around in my head. Once I run out of these things, then I like to think about each category. Each one will send my mind in a different direction. I list all the possibilities in each category. Um, so in each category, you think of things you want to have, be, do, experience, contribute, or go. This is a process of brainstorming and imagining. It's not something to do in 10 minutes between one's chores or doing the dishes and running errands. I found the best time to create my dream list is when I'm on a plane, usually on the way to visit Becky for our annual life planning retreat. Something about being in the air above all the day-to-day hub-hub is, is the time my mind can really be open and free. What kind of things might be on the dream list? The ideas on my dream list cover a wide range from, <laughs> I love this, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, are you ready for this? So it goes, cover a wide range from get new bras, always on the list, to <laughs> swim with dolphins. How crazy is that? I pulled this expert excerpt three days ago when I was prepping for your interview and you just mentioned dolphins. That's a fun, oh, that's a fun little cosmic wink. Um, mm-hmm. And go sorry, which was on my dream list. It's funny that she mentions that. We're going again very soon. So there are goals to achieve at work and creative things that I've never done before. Old friends to connect with and special food to prepare and eat, memories to be made. A key item on both of our dream lists was to write this book. Without that dream, this would not have been completed. So see sample and appendix A. In the program, we learned that our red box, that part of you that tells you you can't do something or you're not capable enough or you'll never have the time or money to do something. So whenever an idea from the dream list comes up and your red box kicks in with a thought like, I'll never be able to do that. Those are definitely ideas that should be written down. So Becky and I love to read each other's lists. We're comfortable doing this and we're eager to learn each other's dreams. We always add to our own dream list after we've read each other's. So I love that excerpt so much. It reminds me of a ritual that we have in our member in our in our tribe group that you guys can get if you're a member or just follow links in the bio. Um, but what I really loved about it was how broad it was and how it's such an intentional thing to sit down and think like, what do I really, really want in my life? And then this red box idea, that's got to be like a corporate America thing because I hadn't heard that, but I, like, you know exactly what it means. It's like, oh, these are things that are off limits to me. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And that's exactly what using the cycles of the new and the full moon are. It's like you plant those wild intentions. I mean, I've planted an intention to go on a safari and all these things. I'm like, how will I ever get the time and the resources to do that? And I've talked on other episodes about how we had a, a, a safari that was planned and organized and picture perfect done for us and we were just invited to go 
after moving to Africa, I was like, and it's like literally off a vision board. So it's, it's really important to, to start an intentional practice and not just have like a in your mind wish list. And um, I just thought this was a really cool way that you guys used a corporate planning structure to <laughs> create your dream life. Yes. So thank you for letting me share that. Um, okay. So before we wrap up, you did have a giveaway, which was the link, which will be in the show notes. It's to the appendix with yes, all this. Um, the be happy to send you the whole book list and it's over 240 books now. And some people have told us that the price of our book is worth it just to get the book list. So um, yeah, come visit my website. Let me know that you saw me here and I will send you the book list. Off the top of your head, can you think of like maybe one or two books that you're like, yeah, that was it. That is was so all around the map. I mean, early on, early on, we were reading work-related books, you know, as we said, we were in the corporate world and we took this class for work. And so we were reading work, you know, they're all about work systems, redesign and team development and you know, the good stuff. But then we set the Celestine Prophecy was one of the first books that we read together. And that kind of got us <laughs> thinking a little differently. Um, Mutant Message Down Under and um, uh, the D Da Vinci Code. That, that book really opened me up to the concept of the divine feminine. And yeah. we took two years and we read the Bible from cover to cover. Two years. <laughs> um, so it's all over the map, you know, and sometimes it's novel. Sometimes it's just, you know what, I can't, I can't take in anymore. Let's, let's read, you know, let's read um, John Grisham or Tom Clancy or, you know, and sometimes we read classics. We read Tom Sawyer and Jane Eyre. And, and so it's, it's, it's truly all over the map. So if you want a really eclectic book list, and more books we didn't like, um, we're not we're not endorsing all 240 books. And some, but, cool. Why do we read this? But um, but it was you know all about the commitment and as you said, having that tribe and having that commitment to each other and that accountability partner, you're able to just get so much done and and have fun doing it too. And yes, looking back, you know, I like to go back and read dream lists and visions from. 10 years ago and wow, you know, <laughs> um, you know, talk about being invited, you know, on that cruise. And I, we, um, I had always put live at the beach, live at the beach. And I thought that was going to happen when I retired and that it was going to be on the East coast. Cause we used to like to visit Charleston, South Carolina and go to the beach there. And I thought, oh, we're going to buy property there when we retire. Well, I'm going to the beach now and it's in Southern California. And I never had that as a step-by-step -step plan of, you know, but it, it just happened. <laughs> it literally just happened and um I, you know i tell about that in my book and yeah here i am living at the beach and the universe just you know, helps you in strange ways i looked back and i saw um have a little white dog was on my dream list and i had completely forgotten that i ever even wrote that down but now i have two little white dogs and it's like oh <laughs> on my dream list years ago and here you are now you know so. It's so funny how the, you know, the universe will conspire to fulfill those wishes that are like really on, like in our souls and like um, in the essence of our soul. So I always talk about our souls are a lot like seeds, like we come to this earth with everything inside of our soul ready to blossom into this, into this lived experience. And just like a seed, you know, like a little acorn blossoms into a huge tree. And so it's those things that are just like in your soul that you can't move away from and that you like even if you're like well it's an impossibility even it's a red box right now you're like but it's still there and it's like if it's still there that means it's meant for you and it's not something that you're not supposed to have or you're not supposed to want or you're not supposed to achieve it's just something that is coming it's it's like um i've heard a lot of people put up use the example of like placing your order at a restaurant you don't order sweet potato fries and hope 
then they bring them. You're like, well, I ordered sweet potato fries. Like, they're going to bring they're it. Now, like, the same kind that I usually like. Maybe it'll be ones that I like even more. But you know that it's coming and you don't question it. And so that's like a good way to look at intentions, intention planting um, and all that. So, all right. This has been a lot of fun. You guys, please be sure to check uh, Rebecca out and um, get a copy of her books. Uh, Rebecca Rising and Sunday at 8.30. They are great reads. And like we said, that book list is worth it in and of itself, which you can get by going to the show notes. Thank you so much for listening and be sure to listen to Golden Otter Divination each week as we have new, exciting, and informative interviews for listeners like you. And come check us out on Instagram where you can check in and let me know about your golden moments so Spirit and I can cheer you on and Rebecca. <laughs> and also, if you'd like to contact me or join my monthly manifesting membership, Lunar Manifestations, visit goldenotter.us. That's golden like the precious metal and otter like the precious animal.us. Um, be sure while you're there to uh, activate a golden inbox and stay up to date on all things golden otter divinations. I want to thank my guest today, Rebecca Thompson, for sharing how we can find self-love through conversations with the moon and manifest lives we love working um, with a partner or holding space with a tribe. I want to thank you all for tuning in to Golden Otter Divinations. I had an amazing time sharing this sacred co-creation space with you. Have a great week, and I'll feel your positive eyes back here next time. With love and light, Autumn. All right, Lightworker, thank you so much for tuning in to Golden Otter Divinations. For more tools to uplevel your metaphysical game, get your questions answered, and connect with me live at the next new or full moon, join my Lunar Manifestations co-creation tribe now by heading to the link in the show notes. It's www.goldenotterdivinations.com forward slash join now. You can also get a digital copy of any rituals we discussed by clicking the Lunar Manifestations ritual link in the show notes or heading over to my YouTube channel where I share practical ways to incorporate these metaphysical tips and tools in your everyday life. You can also message me on the grams for more information. Lastly, if this moon thing's not for you, but you want to connect with me in real time, you can schedule a private one-to-one mediumship validation session by heading to the book now link in the show notes. It's always my honor co-creating with you in this sacred space. Until we meet again, with love and light, Autumn.